Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Jean Ginsberg here and welcome to another episode of Listen by Jean Ginsberg. Super excited today. I have a very special guest, Misty Kane. How are you, Misty? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I uh, can't wait to jump in and chat with you about what you're doing, what you're up to, and what you can share with our audience. So first things first, I always ask, what's your background? So kind of give us the context so we kind of get an idea and our audiences get an idea of what you what you're came from and what you're doing now. Absolutely. So I actually, and when I say my background, I'm going to take you back pretty far. Um, I grew up in a very, very small town, super rural. For example, when we got a red lobster in my town, it was in the newspaper. Very excited about that. Um, it was a town called Visalia, and we grew up just head above water, middle-class family. And I say that because I didn't talk about entrepreneurship growing up with my family, how to create a life plan, how to create business plans. I didn't have a quote unquote network. So, um, all of that was something that's extremely new to me. And so for me to be a founder now and to be so heavily ingrained in startup culture and small business, um, it just goes to show that regardless of your background, you can definitely do it. Yes. You know, I can absolutely relate to that. Same thing with my family. We had no entrepreneurial conversations at all in my household growing up. It was not a thing that you do or did, uh, you know, you got a job. And that, and that's pretty right. much it. You got a good job. Hopefully you got a good job, you know, and you got a good paycheck, but like very, you know, just very like normal, I guess I would say, like, just get a stay, stay low to the ground, get a good paycheck, exactly. middle-class. Like that was the mentality in my household. And I was just like, oh, that's not for me. That's not what I want to do. And so I think I, you know, I can absolutely relate to that. So, okay, great. So, you know, you've definitely went also in a different direction than your family did when you were growing up. So tell us what you're doing now. Absolutely. So I am a founder and I am the proud owner of wise, and it is a business strategy consulting company. And what we do is we create step-by-step business action plans for early stage entrepreneurs and small business owners. And when I say step-by-step action plans, if you're an early on early stage entrepreneur or a small business owner, who's looking to improve their people, their profit or their productivity. So either it's plateaued or you're not really sure how to get to that next level and grow, that's where WISE comes in. So we take a look at what's holding you back, what are some of those obstacles and those challenges that have prevented you from growing or your people from growing or stopped you from being as productive as you'd like, and then creating this action plan that allows you to move forward and to tackle that next big thing. And is it typically, do you work with like early founders, maybe a couple, one to two years into their business? Exactly. So um, early stage entrepreneurs and as well as small business owners who are doing between like, let's say five to 20 million and they have under a hundred employees. 
And the reason for that is that is my sweet spot. So it's what I did a lot of as a strategist before my, my background is in marketing, customer experience and strategy. And so I had amazing clients and we got to essentially become part of their business and learn how their business works. And you start to see patterns over time of what tends to be a real sticking point for businesses and startups, as well as what helps them to just completely accelerate their growth and become these incredible either unicorn companies or legacy companies that people talk about. That's great. That's fantastic. I love what you're doing now. So I also work with a lot of entrepreneurs. And the one thing that I have found, and maybe we can chat about that and your, get your thoughts on that, is, um, you know, there's always the, the tactical things, right? The productivity, the profit, right? The things that are logical and tangible. But what I have also found a lot with entrepreneurs, especially up, you know, up entrepreneurs that are kind of starting out or maybe have been in business for several years is the mindset and shifting that mindset from scarcity to abundance, from, you know, fear to uh, opportunity, I guess I would say. What Have you experienced that too? And what are your thoughts on that? So I would say scarcity and abundance is one area, but also the can do versus imposter syndrome. So there are those entrepreneurs who just really struggle with why, why am I the person or why am I the, the company or why are we the team that can make this happen? And they don't see it yet. Um, so mindset is extremely huge as well as speed. So a lot of times people just assume, well, we've got to take a long time and do this thing. We've got to spend a lot of time on it and kind of hold ourselves off into this room and make sure it's perfect before we release it out. Instead of doing that iterative, let's get it out. Let's see if people even want it, if people even like it and stop spending so much time ideating and in conferences and meetings and these closed door sessions that, you know, you finally release it and people are like, no, thank you. And you just spent all of that time, money and energy. Mm -hmm. So the mindset of just here are my flaws. This is what I think you're going to like. I'm not sure, but you know, try it out. Let me see what you think. It's really hard sometimes to get not only um, startups, but also small business leaders to see that that's super important. Yeah. I think it's just, that was the culture before, you know, it's like big, big, big companies, big corporations, like they might have the, the time to do this on a very slow level because they have the resources, but it's almost kind of become ingrained also in our entrepreneur culture, but doesn't have to be that way at all. Right. Like I think getting out there and, and putting your product or service or idea out there as soon as possible is probably the best strategy. Yeah, I think it starts even beyond, you know, farther back than that, just how we educate people. So we have this grading system of you got an A, you got a B, you got a C. And then we have this concept of tests and learn this information so that you can answer the, the answer correctly, as opposed to teaching people to think uh, critically as well as strategically and try and solve things, make mistakes and see if there's a different way that it can be done. I remember as a kid being told that I had to hold my pencil a certain way. And I asked the teacher, I mean, I was a pretty sassy and precocious child, but I remember asking the teacher, like, isn't the point that I just make the letter correctly? Who cares how I hold my pencil? And she's like, well, that's just not the way we do it. It got to the point where I guess I was asking so many, we'll call them questions, but I believe on my, the slip that got sent home to my parents, it was uh, considered talking back um, to where my parents had to, you know, have a call with the school. And my mom even asked the same thing. If she can write the letters, then it really doesn't matter how she holds the pencil, correct? And it got to the point where it's like, I guess she can hold it that way. But that mindset, everyone has to do something the same way and get the right answer. And it's just so ingrained in our society. 
That's so true. Yeah, I mean, it's just how we're brought up and how school is. And yes, I think there should be a, a this is a whole probably other podcast episode, but I think we should totally change how the education system works. But maybe we shouldn't get into that today because that that probably maybe we'll do a, a podcast, you know, 2.0 talking yeah. about the education okay. system. So, um, but I totally uh, agree with that. It's crazy how we are taught certain things and then it just transcends into our being and into our business and whatever it is that we do and that's not really the best like it's not really beneficial to us because it doesn't allow us to iterate doesn't allow us to find what's working so we a lot of times because of the way we were taught we are like oh well I didn't do it right so I failed and so yeah. I'm gonna retreat and so it's, it doesn't bring a culture but bring together a culture of I guess uh, innovation, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and experimentation, even true. though we, we celebrate those things and we yes. love it when we see it, when we look at the Elon Musk's of the world and we look at the Jeff Bezos and we're like, wow, they did things differently. And Netflix, I mean, when Netflix went to Blockbuster and said, Hey, we're going to try sending people DVDs and Blockbuster's like, Nope, that's not how we always did it and right. shut them down. But now we celebrate Netflix. Thanks for doing it differently. And I think we just need to make that more commonplace not yeah. only in our educational system, but also in our businesses. Absolutely. So one of the things that I uh, typically ask our guests is, uh, since they're experts in a specific field, uh, mm -hmm. and most of the audiences listening here are entrepreneurs, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs. So uh, what are some actionable things that you do in your business that you can share with our audiences, things that they can take today to their business and start implementing uh, as it relates to entrepreneurship? Uh, I said one of the things, and I, I give this analogy a lot. So if you have ever been a student of mine or a mentee of mine, or even a client of mine, you're probably like, oh yes, this is very familiar. But I give this analogy of going on a road trip. And if you were going to go on a road trip, what's the first thing that you might ask? Where are we going? So with businesses, a lot of times they just get started doing things and businesses are very busy, but they don't have a clear, concrete, measurable vision for where are we going? Or the only vision that they have is monetary. This is how much revenue we want to make because that's what makes headlines. They either raise this much or they made this much. But having a clear, concrete vision for your business extends so much farther than that. It's who do you want to be known as? Who do you want to help? How do you want to help them? What sorts of things are you trying to solve and in which ways are you trying to solve them? And how do you want to measure if you were successful? And that's the really hard part is measuring success. I had a client, a recent client that came to me and they said, we want to be the you know, best in class in what we do. I'm like, great. How are you going to measure that? And it was just crickets because you don't think about, well, how will I know if I'm the best and how will I know if my leaders are the best leaders? So getting them to see, okay, this is what it means to be best in class. Is it awards that you're winning? Is it because you've dominated a certain amount of market share? And once you have that super clear vision and a way to measure it, then working backwards is more simple. I was going to say easy. It's not easy. It takes a lot to run a business, um, but it is more simple to create that step-by-step -step action plan to get to where it is you want to go. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online.
So true. Yeah. It's not just the revenue goals, but you know, of course are important, but like the actual tangible goals within your business that are like, how do you, yeah. How do you measure this? How do you, how do you set a goal? And then how do you find out if it's actually something you can achieve? So that's so true. Again, we are taught so early as entrepreneurs, it's like, well, get the goal, you know, get the funding, get the revenue. It's like, but there's a lot of things that go into it. That's not that nobody ever talks about. So, um, yeah, I was actually listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with the Startup Therapy podcast. I am. Uh, I yeah. That. So one of the episodes they were talking uh, about, like, is, you know, how, uh, like, would you ever want to retire? Or what does it look like to retire? You know, and we always think like, hey, we have to sell our company for a hundred million gajillion dollars and then we'll be good to retire. And it's like, but that's not really even retirement. Like, that's just more like not doing anything. So... <laughs> Right. Um, I often ask, and, and whether that's a student, I'm an, I'm an EIR at one of the universities here in Southern California, or whether it's a mentee, I ask them, you know, tell me more about the experiences that you'd want to have. If we're getting personal um, outside of business, tell me more about the experiences you want to have, who you want to help and how you want to help them. And then we can bake into what you need to do in order to achieve that. So if you say something like, Oh, I want to buy first class 10 times a year. Well, first class is expensive. So, you know, you're going to have to have the money to do it. Also, you're going to have to have something that's super flexible where you're going first class somewhere 10 times a year. So now back that up. And what does your work life look like? What does your business look like? And how do you set up your business so that you can achieve those experiences that you want to have? Yeah, I think a lot of times we just, a lot of businesses don't get the clarity. Like, what is it that yeah. you actually want personally? And for, you know, and then also kind of transcends into your business. We just don't have that clarity. And if we do, I think things would be so much more attainable, right? Like, instead right. of just like, oh, I want to sell my company for hundreds of billions of dollars. And it's like, well, how many companies actually do it? What, what is more attainable and what is more real? And what is it that you actually want? Is that, is that really what you want? Or is it just more because everybody else is saying that's what you should want? Exactly. Yeah. And then the purpose for your business as well. A lot of times people think that if they don't sell their current iteration of their business, or they don't make the current iteration of their business work, then they were a failure. But think about all the businesses that have pivoted. I mean, if you look at Slack, what they were before they became this, you know, database of all knowledge um, and a, a way for, for companies and teams to communicate easily and almost like a social media platform internally they were doing something completely different. And we wouldn't have Slack today if we hold on to that mindset that I cannot fail at this one thing that I'm currently doing. Just you know, feel free to have a purpose of, I wanna entertain or I want to make it easier for people to do X and then pivot as needed, which obviously during the 2020 pandemic, a lot of people found that out the hard way. Yeah, I was just actually going to segue into that. So talking about pivoting and uh, what has been your experience, whether it's in your business or the business that you work with, uh, what have you seen in 2020 with uh, the pivot? So much. Um, I have a client that it's interesting because um, she is a hair salon client. And when you think of hair salons, you think, okay, it's a pretty standard business, but she has clients coming to her from all over the world for this one particular unique service that she does. And people are always asking, you know, it's so hard to get to you if we're coming from the UK. I mean, she has people from Canada, Dubai, she has people coming in from all over the United States and Amsterdam and the Bahamas. And so they're like, oh, we have to go. And she's in Connecticut. So they were, stylists were asking, you know, how can we learn how to do this so we can service some of these clients? Cause not a lot of people can, can come to you. And she's like, okay, I'll have this training in person. 
And then she and I got together and I said, you know, that's not going to work. It's going to be very difficult at scale to train a lot of stylists. Why don't you turn this into a course? She's like, oh, I can't do that. And there are all these, these blockers as to why it couldn't happen. And so um, I convinced her that it would be something that we could do. And I would help walk her through it step-by-step step, again, an action plan. And we just do a little test just to see if we could. Well, last year, we finished recording on March 11th and I flew back home from Connecticut. And then on the 16th, they shut everything down. So we had just finished getting all of the footage for her course. And then we, during the pandemic, we got to edit the course. And then we actually launched in September, just a small test for two weeks. And in that two week time frame, she was able to bring in $75,000. Now over the summer, her salon had to shut down because of the pandemic. So she wasn't bringing any revenue in from there. So having this course and having this additional um, source of not only income, but also she had a way to communicate with stylists and teach them and train them was a completely different mind shift, not only for her, but for a lot of other businesses. How do I bring what I do online? How do I do it differently? Um, if my business, as I know it today, completely shuts down, what else is it that I can do? Absolutely. And another one would be like a franchise opportunity. I think that would have been another uh, um, way to pivot, right? So you can create franchises all across the country and they can do the exact same thing that you do, but then you can generate revenue off of a you know, bunch of franchises. So yeah, but a course is great too, right? You sell yeah. that course so that people can, or other stylists can just use the same technique. So absolutely. That's, yeah. uh, that's a great way. And it, it, you know, great for you to find or recommend ways on how to pivot because it is such a challenging time in 2020. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Any last parting words before we close out? Um, I don't know as if I have something extremely, you know, um, like prolific that I, I can share, but I, I think the thing that I would say is um, to either early stage entrepreneurs or to small business leaders, um, especially those who are leading teams, if you have people on your team who are so used to just doing their normal day-to-day -day job, um, encourage them, give them a vision give them the idea or the destination that you guys all want to achieve together and then set them free to make mistakes as long as they bring back learnings from those mistakes. So um, just seeing how else you can improve what it is that you do and then utilizing your team to help you become, you know, all these additional brains to help you become um, the business that you'd like to become. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I have for at least for the start of 2021. Awesome. Well, I love that. Uh, the last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can, um, contact me via my website. So wise.com it's spelled a little bit differently. W H Y Z Z E.com. And also personally, I'm on most social media sites, for example, Instagram and LinkedIn at Hey Misty Kane. Um, so LinkedIn is also great. If you look me up, it's M I S T I C A I N. Um, Instagram DMS are another way, Twitter at Hey Misty Kane. So, um, those are just a few ways to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you. This was a, a great conversation. I love, of course, talking to other entrepreneurs who are also helping entrepreneurs yes. and finding ways on how do you stay afloat in this weird time that we're living in. So I love what you're doing. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jean. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.